Welcome to the year-end wrap-up of the Gravity Podcast. This is the end of the first year, and I wanted to post a recap episode of sorts to share with you what I've learned and to thank you all for joining me on this incredible journey. The vision for this podcast was to explore the human experience, the one we're all having, the one we're moving through, and hopefully transforming and expanding and evolving as we go. I believe that the sharing of our experiences openly and honestly, authentically with one another can really connect us, can help us and inspire us. It really started many years ago when I just would be meeting people for coffee to talk about life, our shared experiences and and uh, having deep conversations that uh, really felt like stories that needed to be told, that other people would gain value in hearing these conversations that I was a part of. And I'm really proud that the feedback we've received from our listeners, it's really been an honor to, to hear how these conversations are resonating with you, that the podcast is in fact making an impact and is something that is really of value to, to you, our listener. Shortly after the podcast launched in December of 2019, I was confirmed as a uh, keynote speaker at the Columbus Chamber of Commerce's annual event, which took place in February of this year, 2020. And I took the opportunity there to share my story, my journey. And I felt like it was something that um, was important to, to be told in, in that room and with that audience that um, if I was going to be sharing these stories uh, on the podcast, that it would be important for me to be transparent and authentic with my own journey. And uh, we're attaching that episode, that speech to this episode. We released it back in October. But if you haven't heard it, it's also going to be a part of this recap. What happened after that speech was I had so many people reach out to me to share their own stories and their own appreciation for maybe opening the door a little bit in a room full of business leaders to be more vulnerable and to talk about things like mental health and trauma and the human experience, which you know, is, is not really what's typically done in that room. But, you know, the fact that, that our imperfections really uh, are the things that have shaped us, the, the, all the aspects of the journey have really led us to who we are today was an important thing to, to share with people and to see that, in fact, you know, maybe we're all the same. We can see ourselves in somebody else's journey. And so that really just reinforced my belief in the vision for the Gravity Podcast to sit down with our guest and instead of talking just about what they're doing now, but to discuss that journey, to discuss that, that the events that really led them to where they are today, going back, as you know, all the way to the beginning, to their childhoods and to reflect on the pieces of that puzzle that have really come together in some ways, like I say, perfect for what they are and for what they're not. And there's still so much that's unspoken and too much that we, we don't give ourselves permission to discuss. So we'll you know, continue to take that, that inspiration forward into the new year. But this past year, I've had uh, a real honor and it's been, uh, I'm so grateful uh, for the honesty of the guests that have joined me, people being so authentic and open and, and often hearing them say things like, I've never shared that before, or I haven't thought about that in so long. And, 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 and in almost all cases, 
it's been a very cathartic conversation for for both the guest and and for me and hopefully for you too as the listener. And I'm 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 privileged to have had so many incredible guests on the podcast over the past year. Jen Welter, the first female coach in the NFL, transcendental meditation teacher Bob Roth, world-renowned business executive and advisor David Meltzer, Christopher Scott, a black trans entrepreneur an activist that's changing the venture capital world, and so many other friends, Gina Wickman, Jenny Britton-Bauer, Michael Redd, John Dwoskin, my mentor, Jim Grody, who started the year for us, and um, my coach, Chet Scott, who uh, came in at the end of the year and was a real joy to have on the podcast. They've all been incredible in their own way, sharing their stories of growing up and, and personal trauma and the unconditional love has really moved me. That what it, what it's like for these successful people to have families of unconditional love, uh, their failures and their successes, and everything that kind of led to this journey where they are today. And from these struggles uh, come collective stories. I I really believe that these these stories, these struggles, really are a part of how we heal, and that's really where I find the passion and 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 the work that drives me. Um, is how do we really use these experiences to to heal and to serve? Grateful for the support I've received, uh, especially from my wife and my kids and my parents and my family uh, and and friends. I, you're my biggest fans, and I know you listen to every episode and are always behind me and supporting me. And for that, I'm incredibly grateful. And. And I'm um, especially uh, grateful for for you, the listeners. It really means a lot to hear that these uh, stories, this this podcast, is in some way touching you, connecting with you. And um, please, please continue to share it uh, with your friends uh, on all your social media apps uh, outlets, and and let us know uh, what kind of future topics you want us to explore, future guests, uh, anything that you think might be additive. We're open and would love to continue to get your feedback. I hope this crazy year is wrapping up well for you. And I am certainly excited to go forward into 2021 and look forward to continuing to be together here and outside of this podcast as well. Happy holidays and happy new year. I have to tell you, I've never given this speech before, and I've never spoken to an audience of this size, so I'm a little nervous, but I am honored and I'm humbled to be here today with you to share the stage with Janelle and Dee and have an opportunity to share my story with you. I've spent a lot of time in therapy, which, yeah, and I'm not talking about what it took just to get on stage today. (laughs) Um, And I know that's probably not how you would expect me to start a Chamber of Commerce speech, especially with the level up theme, but it's true. And it's part of what I want to talk to you about today, because I believe before we can start leveling up, we've got to go back and we have to really look at who we are at our core. And I've spent a lot of time in therapy and in coaching looking at that so that I could create from that place, from my highest and best self. See, I believe we were all born pure of a divine energy, the oneness, the universe, God, 
whatever it is that you call it, whatever it is that you believe, but it's pure and it's with a purpose. And then along the way, life happens. Our societal expectations, our parental programming, our childhoods, our traumas, they start to sink in and take hold and take us away from that purpose. For me, I was programmed to be a man, a tough man, the kind of man my grandfather and father wanted me to be. My grandfather, he grew up poor. He used to say he had holes in his shoes, kind of poor. He never went to college. He couldn't afford it. So he started a business and that business had success. And with that success, he started to give his kids. He thought he would show them love by giving them everything he never had. Clothes and trips, travel, restaurants, schools, cars, anything to show his love. But my father took on the programming that that was all that mattered, that the stuff, the things, success, business, money, looking good, that that was all that mattered, which of course didn't fill him up. The things didn't fill him up. Instead, it left him empty. It left him with a void, a void that he would fill with alcohol, with work, with sex, anything to fill him up. It led to addiction, to abuse to uh, affairs, and ultimately bankruptcy, and later in life, even jail. And he took all that programming, and he put it on me. He said that I needed to be more. I wasn't smart enough. I wasn't enough. I needed to sit up straight, look people in the eye, shake their hands, be tough, be a man, have good manners, put my spoon on the left and my fork on the right. I think it's the other way around, actually. I never (laughs) got that one straight. But I wasn't a man. I was just a boy. I was just a kid, a sensitive kid. And I think we're all born that way. It was getting squished out of me. And then I think the universe thought that maybe we had enough, that the chaos and the abuse was too much. And at a low point in my mother's life, she was coming home from Columbus. We lived in Akron at the time. Her father had just passed away and her car broke down on the side of the highway. She was alone in the dark and a truck pulled up alongside of her and offered her a ride home. She got that ride all the way back to Akron, a trucker and his wife, and they stopped at their parents' house to check in on their aging parents. And my mom, she was witnessing all this, these people that appeared to have nothing, that actually had everything. They had love. They had each other. They had their family and those around them. And so she did what women in 1984 in Akron, Ohio, did not do. She got a divorce. She left that abusive household. She took my sister and I to Columbus, where we would start a new life. Yeah, I was pretty excited about that new life. And we would find a really loving new household, a great opportunity to start over. But I was filled with all these insecurities, all these fears. And so I tried to do what my father did. I would, I would drink, I would party, I would have sex, drugs, anything that would fill me up, anything to hide from those insecurities and from those fears. But I would start to find the most beautiful people, people that would open me up in Columbus, people that were creative. I discovered my high school art room where I would learn to see people fully expressed. It took me to music. Music took me to concerts. Concerts took me to the Grateful Dead, where I found community of all places. <laughs> yes. And I never thought that I was smart. I had been told I wasn't smart enough, so I didn't excel in school. But then I got to college, and I would have these flashes of insight. My late therapist, Norman Shubb, used to call them flashes of insight in a psychology class, in an architecture class, where I started to feel alive, awake, that maybe there was something there for me. And then nothing woke me up more than in 1995, as I was watching the Ohio State-Michigan game at the bar with my buddies, 
Tim Bianca Batuka was running all over Ohio State that year. It was a bad day for the Buckeyes. But I watched this woman walk into the bar and I knew the second I saw her that she would be my wife. There was something about her. She was a teacher and she would become my ultimate teacher. 25 years later, she still is. And I knew I needed to do whatever it would take for her to marry me, to impress her parents, to be enough. So I graduated from college as fast as I could. I didn't do the things that I had dreamed about, go to Europe or back to architecture school. I did what every good Jewish boy was programmed to do. I got a job at a bank. Yes, I would be a banker. And I would do all the things that my dad programmed me to do. I would look people in the eye and shake their hands and, and work late and work hard and, and, and yes, sir, no, sir, and go to the bar and drink the beer and the scotch after the beer. And I was really like, you know, being somebody, something. I thought this was going somewhere. I got a business card. It said vice president on it. And I took it to my high school reunion. I was really proud of myself. It was a misprint. I wasn't a vice president. In fact, I was a lousy banker and I was afraid that maybe they would find that out. So I ran from that job to a multi-generational family business where I could hide, where maybe they wouldn't find out that I wasn't smart enough. But I learned, I had the opportunity to learn from amazing people. A coach, I didn't know what a coach was 10 years ago, but Chet Scott and Built to Lead, who's here with me today, he taught me what it meant to have a worldview, to have beliefs, to have an identity, a purpose, and that maybe I could love my life and my work. They could be one. And then I went to something called Landmark Forum. My wife and I, where we learned that our stories and our attachments about our childhood, they didn't have to mean as much as we were making them. I wrote these words on this piece of paper, which I carry around with me today, that I could be compassionate and present, courageous, confident, and the author of my own life. And then I went to something called Summit Series, where there were people, thousands of them, that were already authoring their own lives. It was the early days, people from Google, the founders of PayPal, Charity Water. There was yoga, there was meditation. I was at a small dinner with a guy named Gary V. Gary V, he was screaming at me. I didn't know who he was. He was spitting at me that he was going to own the New York Jets, this 30-something, and it was blowing my mind. So I came home, I started Kaufman Development with the idea that we could build communities that would be beautiful from the inside out, that there would be passion and inspiration everywhere you turned. We went from the suburbs to downtown. We offered people chances to meditate, to learn how to meditate, to own a plot in a community garden. We partnered with people like Matthew Goldstein at Bessa to provide thousands of volunteer hours around the community so people could start to love their lives. And then a friend introduced me to something called Independence Day, a festival in Franklinton. And I walked into Independence Day. It felt like I was seeing my wife walk into the bar for the first time or being back in that high school art room. I knew, I knew that this would be the place for our next expression, that we would throw it all out. We would start over. We would sell everything. We would go all in on something called gravity. Gravity would be a place where we would honor people's full expression, their well-being, their impact. We opened this spring. We've hosted hundreds of events. We started a speaker series, just launched a podcast where you can hear full-length stories, stories like this, people's journeys vulnerably, because 10 minutes is not enough to do this, by the way. And all these amazing people joined us. Doug Ullman and his army of cancer warriors at Pelotonia, Kenny Sipes from Roosevelt Coffee, who's fighting human trafficking with every cup of coffee he pours, Artist Lauren Carter Best, who heals 
by painting and elevating awareness around mental health as she battles her own issues. And gravity is growing. We're going across the street where we're partnering with the city of Columbus and Homeport to tackle affordability, communal living, a social innovation center, more events, more programs, more opportunities for people to connect and to collaborate and to live their best lives. And no longer will people have to walk into therapy offices that make them feel more depressed before they even get started. We're launching Space at Gravity, which will aim to eliminate the stigma around therapy, to elevate the experience, beautiful spaces that will energize people to do this work and hopefully change how therapy is done in this country. And later this year, we're launching our Venture Capital Fund, where no longer will we subscribe to the idea that eight out of 10 companies has to fail that unicorns are the way forward. Instead, we will invest dollars on top of dollars to holistically support entrepreneurs as they create from a sustainable and healthy place. We'll invest in their therapy, their coaching. We'll monitor sleep, nutrition, their relationships. And I continue to invest in people personally outside the fund. People like Hakeem Callwood, who started Space Boy and Space Girl, an animated television show for children that has African-American superheroes that teaches young kids to be empowered, to be heroes in their own lives. And I continue to invest above all else into my family because I know that it's not the programming that matters. Instead, I'm investing in them by giving them love, by giving them time, giving them space to go on their own journey. And see, I'm far from perfect, and I, I know that. I'm a work in progress. You can just ask my therapist. But I believe, I believe if we're going to level up If we're truly going to do this, we have to go back, back to that purity, back to that divine creation. And we need to author our own lives, that everybody has a story. And it's not too late. It's never too late to author your own life. This community needs you to do that. Your families need you. Your businesses need you. And most importantly, you need you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Gravity Podcast. Please subscribe to the show at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more about the entire Gravity Project, please go to gravityproject.com. Please check out the podcast on Instagram at the Gravity Podcast. Music heard of the show is provided courtesy of Kyle Lamoro and Oliver Oak. 